are here. Hello, hello. Uh, I think the last pod was uh, January 22nd. Um, I was kind of laughing when I realized we didn't do anything during Black History Month, but that's okay. Um, Hilarious. Yeah, we took the month we, off, all right? You we expect have. Us, <laughs> you expect us to work during Black History Month? Are you crazy? <laughs> Me? Get out of here! Oh man, uh, yeah, we got to take the, the the that time off because uh, there was a lot of uh, good black cinema, you know, lots of uh, good stuff to indulge in. You know, want to keep uh, it's gonna be a recap um, episode, but uh, still want to keep it to to an hour, under an hour if you can. Uh, yeah. So yeah, let's just. Uh, I, I want to kind of jump right in if we can. If that's okay with yeah, you. I'm ready when you All are. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. yeah. So um, we're starting out. We're start, I know it's like kind of late news now, but uh, we never talked about it, and I want to talk about it because I rather enjoyed it. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, uh, the official mm-hmm. beginning of Phase Five of the MCU. Um, okay, I didn't yes. know that. What did I think it was? Yeah, Black Panther. Yes, was Wakanda last Forever one? is 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 okay. the is the yeah. final chapter of the arc of. Um, grief and trauma and and the art of moving on and now we're moving on we have a new black panther we have a new captain america we have um a few new marvels we have a moon knight a uh we have a she hulk we have a shang chi you know some avengers retired and died now we have to a daredevil Daredevil. now we have to replenish the team that's what phase four did it replenished the team and and now we're heading into king's dynasty um this film got some uh, backlash. Uh, it wasn't received very well. It has um, the lowest rating next to uh, what? What? I think I think Eternals and this movie have like that is and and that is oh yeah. god I yeah. hate that I hate that so much because that is just people being babies. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like to sit there and actually say that this movie is worse or on par with Eternals. Like really, 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 come on. Come on, this was just this, ugh, people are such babies, um, but I'm sure we'll get to that later when it comes to the whole fatigue or whatever. Yeah, um, superhero fatigue, MCU fatigue, Marvel fatigue, or whatever. Uh, which I don't think is I don't think that it exists. Doesn't. I think people don't give a fuck about the characters that are currently getting movies, and that's fine. But that whole fatigue surely was it surely went away when No Way Home was out. No one was fatigued when they were watching the Spider-Man on the film and everyone was happy, happy and having fun. There wasn't any fatigue there. It's just people don't care about these characters. And that's yeah. okay because the goal is that they will care about them eventually after they have more time on the screen. But that's the main issue, I think. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, the prime example is the Guardians of the Galaxy. There were C-less characters and James Gunn and the MCU turned them into household names and now... Their their yeah. guardians are one of my favorite superhero teams now. Um, I remember when that movie first came out, and I saw that they were making a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. My friend who told me that, I literally told him to shut the fuck up. No, they're not. Who the fuck is gonna watch a Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy movie? What the fuck are you talking about? They're gonna put Rocket Raccoon on the big screen, and I was wrong. I'm happily wrong, but you know, I just I didn't think the those characters would go over well with the public, but um. But yeah, I liked Ant Man. It was okay. It was a Marvel movie, you know. Like it hit all the dots on the map for me. It checked out all the boxes to be a Marvel movie. I think 
it was a solid middle ground movie. Yeah, it, it definitely checked off all the boxes for like MCU standards, where I think a lot of people would agree. Um, uh, Multiverse of Madness and Thor: Love and Thunder, those kind of movies, kind of felt a little shaky, like a little too stylized, mm-hmm. um, a little too mm-hmm. lost in the sauce, and they kind of uh, maybe they weren't everything they they could have been as as chapters or entries in the MCU. But um, but I agree. Um, when so walking out of um, this is full spoilers, of course. Walking out of Quantum Mania, I was I told I, I told you, Sam, I was disappointed a little bit by the end by the ending because the trailer and everything leading up to it we're all like oh man mm-hmm. kang is gonna stomp scott lang out you know rest in peace ant-man oh, kang's dynasty is coming and uh in the in the end of the movie the final confrontation you know he does stomp out ant-man he breaks his he breaks his helmet and all that good stuff it's a it's a great fight you know keeping in mind that um kane the conqueror is a human being He's just a man from the future. Um, he's not. He's he's, he's not some intergalactic warlord alien who's who could you know who Scott Lane couldn't physically harm. Scott Lane can physically harm this man, and he does. But um, uh, what I didn't realize in the end, um, not just what what you told me about you know in the comics, King loses a lot. He's he's a, he's a, loser. a loser. That's his his character is built on the fact that he is a loser. King became so powerful because he lost. 50 times before and they couldn't seal the deal that's the whole thing about Kang the longer that Kang gets to live the more Kang he becomes the more powerful he becomes but also the more he loses Um, and I think that's what happened in the comic books the current uh, Marvel retcon of his backstory is that he literally creates himself by losing so many times that he becomes a drunk and so he kidnaps his past self to train him to fix the mistakes that he made in an attempt to not be a loser like kang is a loser that is the first thing that people need to understand he's badass he's really cool he has great one-liners but ultimately kang is a loser and he should lose because it makes him a better character when he does in my opinion yeah and i i think that's going to shine through because um so so in the movie we do learn a lot about um uh Janet Van Dyne. So um if oddly enough, the movie's called Ant Man and the Wasp. It's called The Wasp because of Janet Van Dyne. Hope Van Dyne, uh Evangeline yeah. Lily, she has nothing to do in this movie. Um her mo- I forgot she yeah, was in the movie. Um her mom played by the iconic Michelle Pfeiffer, she's the wasp in this movie because That's Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um uh, we learned a lot about her history and um, about her time in, in the uh, quantum realm and her history with with Kang and you know how he crash landed because he was um, exiled by by his variants because he was the the worst one the most dangerous one um, and he has this multiverse engine that gives him the, has the power to go anywhere anywhere um, uh, in time and space. And by by the end mm-hmm. of the movie, he gets sucked into it. When, when he when he quote unquote loses the fight, he gets sucked into the the multiverse engine, which will which will I guess will give him the power to travel throughout time and space. So thus, at the end of the movie, when Scott's like, "We we saved the day, right?" He didn't get out, did he? Like that sense of 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 dread, like kind of leaning over him. It 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 leans mm-hmm. toward the fact that I think he did get out in the end, even though we even though we don't see it. 
he got out. And that's why the, those post-credit scenes of his King variants, all the variants, you know, kind of talking about, okay, it's time to take action because shit just hit the fan. I, I, I do think, of course he did because we're getting, the next Avengers movie is Kang Dynasty. So, mm-hmm. like you said, this loss is only going to make him come back, you know, stronger and, and even more of, a, of, of an imposing threat. Um, well, so, which is, it's why I love talking to you, Sam, about this stuff because of, of your knowledge. You're able to, like, put things in context. Like, I was, I was really mm-hmm. kind of, I was, I was honestly bummed that he lost the fight and didn't win in the end the way I was hoping him to. That was the only thing about the film that kind of let me down. But after oh, yeah. talking to you and you explained, you know, the history of the character, that went away and now I'm actually able to enjoy the film wholeheartedly. Um, for yeah. cri- Kings? Huh? Say? Mm-hmm. Good. Um, Good. I was going to say, um, for, for critiques, for me, the weakest part of this movie is the first act I've seen this movie twice in theaters. I fall asleep at the same exact time when uh when uh Bill Murray who plays um the old uh, all the old white guy who uh, Janet had um a thing with while she was trapped in the quantum room for thirty years, around that around that mm-hmm. that bar scene, I always doze off. I don't know why. I'm just I I guess I'm bored by it. But um, because again, it's like let's be real here, okay? This is my pro. You, you know what I have my gripes are. With yeah, this go movie? for it. Um. Is my gripes with this movie. They're very simple. One, it's doing that thing that superhero movies used to do that I thought we moved past, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, which is, oh, this character looks dumb. We have to make him dumb, you know? Um, oh, this character looks goofy. We have to make him goofy. It's like, I feel there could have been a middle ground that they took with MODOK where they acknowledge how fucked up he looks, but they also make him a legitimate threat. And they did not do that. With Modoc <laughs> Modoc, yeah. Um, Modoc, I'm not one of those people who's going to sit here and pretend like I care about Modoc and I'm really heartbroken at what they did to the character. I don't give a fuck about Modoc. But even in the comics, like they still make, like Modoc gets, he's a joke. He Comedy is generated because of him, right? But he's still a threat, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Whereas in this movie, the moment he takes off that mask, he's never a threat for the rest of the film ever again. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I didn't care for that. I didn't. My my biggest issue was Cassie, right? That's yeah, I mean. honestly, um, I there's no one, no one, no one, no one, no investment in in this uh, in this uh, new Ant Man. I, I don't know. Uh, no, she has her own name. I know she has her own name, but um. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't it's care. Just, I don't care what it's, her name it's, is. And, and you know what? That kind of leads into like the larva, <laughs> the larva. <laughs> but, but, but that actually leads enough. into like another, like kind of gripe with this movie. Um, this is the third movie in the Ant-Man trilogy and it's so drastically different. Um, his, his squad played by T.I. David Osmalchin and uh, Michael Pena are not are nowhere near this film. No. They're not even in it. Yep. They're not even mentioned. Nope. So, not and mentioned. they were kind of not the heart and soul, but they added to you know Scott Lang's life and Scott Lang's um, his his um, reality as a convict. You know, they they added to that. And to be honest, mm. I did miss um, uh, Michael Pena's little little recap when he goes on his little rants that aren't really relevant. Yeah, yeah I, I yeah. missed that. I miss I missed the Baba Yaga. I missed. You know, I miss them. Um, yeah, like it's 
The, felt, the movie still has humor because it's Paul Rudd, but I miss them. Yeah, no, and I feel like that's that's another thing because that's the thing that felt weird about. I'm glad you mentioned it. It felt weird for me too, is that this wasn't a heist movie. Yeah. The first one was a heist movie. The second one was a heist movie. Yeah. This one, the heist scene was him diving into a probability dimension. There, he wasn't sneaking. He wasn't infiltrating. He wasn't using any of his criminal abilities. Um, it just, you know, it just it's weird that the first two movies are pretty much the same, and yeah. then the third one they they go different. Yeah. Um, I and I, I I feel like they're I don't know maybe they're just trying to find what sticks, but this this it felt like they were trying to, you know what this is. This is the same problem that uh, Civil War had, where it doesn't feel like a Captain America movie. Yeah, it feels like um, an Avengers movie. It feels like an Avengers movie, but with this one, it just feels like a Ant-Man and Friends rather than like an Ant-Man movie. Because I feel like Ant-Man wasn't really the focus of the story at all. No, not like, at all. Everything that was happening was related to other characters, and he was just in the middle of it trying to navigate. Like... He didn't choose to go into the dimension. They all got sucked in. Kang wasn't his villain. Kang was um, Janet's uh, Janet's mom, right? Um, What's her character? Hope's name? mom, uh, Janet Van Dyne. Hope's mom, Janet. Janet is the mom. Okay, good. Got it right. Um, Janet uh, and Kang was really that was their thing. Was yeah, that, it's it's right? their story. Like, the rebellion that was happening that was the rebels, not ant-man's story and even cassie with the rebels that's like their story like his story was literally just i gotta get home yeah that's that that's it and also i'm a real hero and heroes do the right things and i hated the theme of that movie that was just the part i didn't like the whole scene with cassie keep fighting i know it's hard but oh barf barf I remember you didn't see it, but when we were watching it, I rolled my eyes so hard, <laughs> like so hard at that, so hard. Like the scenes afterwards, so cool. But that being the call to arms, the keep fighting out there, you guys. There's always yeah. hope. I'm talking to the screen right now. I'm looking into the camera at you, viewer. Don't give like fuck <laughs> you. You know, like Jesus Christ. Be a little bit more subtle. I don't know. Um, I, I didn't like it. I don't like Cassie. I don't like her character. Um, I don't. Yeah, I I really was not a fan of her guilt tripping her dad about, oh you, you yes. used to fight for the little guy and now you're a big celebrity and you forgot about what matters. I was just at a protest and I got based. I was like, shut shut up. This this. Shut. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, yeah, it's, 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 it screams it's like teetering on, on white, white savior. teenager. <laughs> white savior bullshit, yeah. man. Yeah. Like I'm t- <laughs> like down. it's just us. Uh, okay. Shut up. You're not this like angel that's just gonna grace the battlefield and save yeah. everyone. So you know, like you got maced and the I, black girl got 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 her leg broken. Right. So by police. We're not, yeah, we're not exactly. the same. We're not like, the same. <laughs> like, and then also that that scene. There's a scene that like. One of the scenes with her that was just like, ugh. Uh, it'll come back to me later. Let's just continue. But yeah, I really didn't care for Cassie. I just, I understand that they're trying, they're clearly trying to set up a young Avengers yeah. team. Clearly. Yeah. I get it. But the characters that they're choosing are just so baffling to me. You know? Yeah. Um. It, it, it's it's just like that. And you know what I didn't know about, but I want to just interject real quick. Did you know that Echo is getting a TV show? Yes. 
what the fuck? Yeah, and oh, and uh, well, it might not happen. A lot of issues are being reported about that show, like um, uh, working schedules, casting. Like it's, it's I having, think they should scrap it. Yeah. Who cares about Echo? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, she's been in how many movies now? Just, just, just Hawkeye. Just, just, yeah. just Hawkeye. <laughs> just Hawkeye, <laughs> and she's getting her own full TV yeah. show. She wasn't that cool. Yeah. But, and this is, I think it's decisions like that, that is, that is what is causing people to think there is fatigue, is because they're being, intro- Echo is getting a show. Yeah. And Echo isn't the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm sorry. She's not. From Because we've already seen her in a movie mm-hmm. before, right? Like, we know what the character is, and I don't know what a whole movie about that, or TV show is going to be. Ah, I'm so uninterested. But I'm also very select i told you how i feel about the current mcu right yes you did it's it's a lot like comic books you cannot every wednesday when those 17 different issues come out you can't buy all 17 iron man spider-man superman batman you can't buy all of them on one day and read all of them you can if you're super super into it but for a normal person that's just too much for one day and you know there's another one coming out next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that, right? So you have to start picking and choosing. And I think if people start to pick and choose with the MCU going forward, they'll probably have better feelings about it. But if you're forcing yourself to sit through Echo because you're worried that they might introduce something important at the end of it, it's just going to be a miserable time, you know? It's just going to be a miserable you're not time. Wrong. But um, yeah, I don't know. This movie was cool, except I just... It felt like, okay, if Kang, Janet, or Scott wasn't on the screen, it was just kind of meh to me. Like, yeah, those plot points were the parts that I really enjoyed and everything else I was kind of just like, eh, it's here, I guess. You know, like the flashback with Kang and Janet was amazing. Really, really amazing. The, the fight with uh, Ant-Man and Kang, amazing. The whole, um, like, what's it called? The way Kang and, the scene between Kang and Scott when they're in the prison and Cassie was in the cell, Yeah. right? Amazing. But, again, the moment those characters aren't on the screen, it's like, it just kind of, it, it, your interest fizzles out, which is why I understand why you, keep falling you fell asleep in certain scenes because it was like who's the scene focusing yeah was it not one of those three characters yeah. <laughs> um yeah but uh, so those they are nitpicks of course i did i i overall yeah. i do like the movie um jonathan major's performance is incredible i i love what he said in that interview about um in terms of finding king's voice king has been everywhere throughout time so he probably speaks every language like how do you sound like what does your voice sound like if you spoke every language like what what, what is your basic mm-hmm. tone and so that was really incredible and uh just um yeah his delivery the way he says the way he says certain lines like i, I will burn them out of time he's just he's very shakespearean very very um operatic and yeah he he was honestly yeah. the, the bomb.com in this movie um He's he's the he's the thing you want to go see the movie for, which is why again the movie felt like Civil War because a lot of people, myself included, weren't watching it for Ant Man. 
We were watching it to see yeah. Kang. Um, you know, yeah, he just wasn't the main character in his own movie. I mean, he was, he, he was. was, but he wasn't. Yeah, you know, but but you know, uh, Jonathan Majors, he really does have that X factor where he he uplifts everything he's in. The movie itself might not be amazing, but he will always be amazing in it. And like that's the why I was really I was also looking forward to Creed three, is because um, I I like Michael B Jordan. He's a talented performer. Um, <laughs> the fact that you laughed is fucking hilarious. Can... He's a talented <laughs> performer. Damn. Damn. Hilarious. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so there, he he without a doubt he's a movie star. He, he he's he's one of the biggest stars on the planet. He's an A-lister for sure. But um, you know, absolutely acting wise, he's he he's not on the same level. As Chabot Bozeman, Daniel Kaluuya, Jonathan Majors, the, the, these these guys are thespians. They come from theater. They have the ability to tap into a character. I I I still like Adonis Creed and Killmonger is is Michael B. Jordan's strongest roles. Um, but even mm. then, it's his strongest performance doesn't still doesn't does it doesn't compare to Michael B. Jo- to, to sorry uh, to, to Jonathan Majors or or Chadwick's you know performances that are just consistently strong and you know they tap into the roles they play and become that person um so with it came to creed 3 um i love the rocky franchise i i I binged it during 2020 the height of of the uh of the um pandemic and uh it's just it's a simple sweet um well-written uh underdog story um rock rocky all the movies the entire franchise including including the creed movies are are just the um, underdog story and they're great sports movies and it's about overcoming just yourself and becoming bigger and better than you ever thought you could be and uh, Creed 3 is Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut and it's the it's it has the had the biggest opening weekend for a sports film uh, biggest opening weekend for the franchise so it's just a, that it, that alone in itself Creed 3 is a, is a big win for, for black cinema Um because it's it's a it's, yeah, it's a sure. black cast, um, uh, black deaf representation um, with with the actress um, who plays who plays um, his daughter, um, Tessa Thompson again is brilliant as as um, Bianca, you know the Adrian to his to his Rocky, and um, and uh, and yeah you know My- Michael B Jordan goes on the record all the time he loves anime and if you watch this film if you watch Creed three you will see the anime influences in the training montages. And in the in the final confrontation, because there are yeah, even in the yeah. trailers, you can see the like the Goku and Vegeta yeah. punching each other in the face, yep. and, yeah, and like know, the gut, the Naruto gut, the gut punch. punches, and, like the sweat coming off the back, like seeing the impact of the punch mm-hmm. come through the back, um, uh, punching a tree with with your hands uh, wrapped up in bandages, yep. lots of influences, and it's not corny. It's it's a lot of directors pull from anime and they'll never say where they got it from you know um but but people like michael jordan says oh i love anime this is definitely from this um uh jordan peele doing the um akita slide and 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 nopes and he's like in interviews being excited yeah i got to do the akita slide of course that's that's where it's from like i'm not gonna pretend i i came up with that um it's, it's too iconic um too yeah, like, but it's but seeing it is fucking it's tight. Seeing it's great and for me. And, and ha- seeing yeah. it in a movie with an like you know a primarily black cast with black characters and having 
that be one of the first like western big movies to have an akira slide in it i think that's that's pretty tight that's pretty tight. yeah um it, it is i know the teenage mutant ninja turtle movie had one too, oh for so, sure yeah but you know for sure um so yeah uh, uh creed 3 um i'm glad it, it had, had a big opening um uh scream definitely took this past weekend so um you know it is it is what it is but there's not it, its success is already is, is already mounted and i'm really happy with that movie it's definitely one of my favorite films of 2023 uh 2023 so far um it's okay. um <clears throat> it was it was really well made really emotional um you feel the brotherhood between Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan in their characters. Um, the story of, you know, it, it is very typical anime with two friends. Ra- you know, they're not speaking to each other, but but the physical conversation they're having is the conversation. Uh, yeah. And that's what Michael B. Jordan really captured and put in his movie, and I, I felt that. So that was really, really cool. And also, um, I, I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but um, the third act... He made some visual choices and like aesthetic choices that, that really caught me off guard. That it was something I um, never thought I'd see in a Rocky movie, but it's kind of a it's kind mm-hmm. of an out of body experience that that is very anime, where two fighters um, their fight it, it shows you you know show don't tell it shows you the fight is really between them and you know everyone in the crowd kind of goes away and it's really quiet and all you hear is the exchanges of their blows and, and like their grunts it's really intense and really w- well done mm-hmm. so um yeah i just wanted to real quick talk about creed um this is a this is no, a catch-up yeah. episode and uh, we've been watching movies and watching tv and and i'll yeah, jump playing. in yeah go ahead yeah jump uh, in. i've been i've been watching the new season of snowfall <laughs> bodies bodies um, bodies <laughs> Bodies, Carvel, Carvel, him, 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 her, bodies, 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 bodies. Um, yeah, no, it's really good. It's really good so far. Um, Damson Idris. I real, yeah, yeah. Um, again, amazing performance by him. Cause uh, when I found out he was British, I was like, wow. Always, I'm very always. impressed. Um, but yeah, no, it's the season's great. It's gonna be the finale. It's the finale, I believe. Um. We're about four episodes in, I think, and every episode has just been like it's the temperature is rising, you know, um, and I'm very excited to see how the story ends. But I also am going to have to go back and watch it from the beginning because I'm realizing there's so much that I forgot over the years. Um, so, but yeah, no, I've been watching Snowfall and I, I've been really enjoying Snowfall. It's pretty good. Um that's really all I have to say about nice. that. Nice. So that's, that's, um, uh, that's some good TV. Um, it's really good. It's really well shot. It's Everything about the show is good. Um, nice. It's a very fantastic yeah, show. Um, okay, yeah. Um, we, we can do that. TV. Uh, every Wednesday, there's new Star Wars stuff on Disney+. Plus. So The Mandalorian Season 3 and Bad Batch Season 2. Um, and man, Bad... I love... You know, I'm a big Star Wars fan. That, that, that's not a secret anymore. It hasn't been a secret. Um so Star Wars animation, I'm not, I'm not snooty. I love it so much. I, you know, I, I, you know, put it in my veins, man. I love Star Wars animation, Clone Wars, Rebels, mm-hmm. Visions, all of it. Um, Bad Batch, when it, when it hits, and when they want to do, and when, when they decide to focus on the story and the characters, and not so much the adventure side story of the week sort of thing, when they focus mm-hmm. on what's happening with the, with the clones and how the Empire is kind of is seeding them out and and. And replacing mm-hmm. them with clone troopers, the politics and the, uh, the the infighting and and the espionage of it—it's really great Star Wars. So, 
Um, I, it's great when when the sh- I, I wish I knew when when the fire episodes were dropping, so I knew when exactly when to tune in and rush to watch it. Um, mm-hmm, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 really really great. Uh, Mandalorian season three, uh, starting off really really fast paced. I really love it. Um, it's 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 Din Djarin's redemption, but it's happening really fast. Um, he took off his helmet, and you know he's from um, a subset culture of the Mandalorians called. Uh, Children of the Watch, and they're all, and they're all about um, upholding the ancient ways of Mandalore. They don't take off their helmets. He did for his son Grogu, but he and but in doing so, he violated the creed and became an apostate of 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 the, of the religion. And the only way yep. to seek redemption is to go to the um, the living waters of Mandalore and and and, and bathe in the mines um, to to redeem yourself. But because the Empire destroyed Mandalore, it was believed that those mines were were you know gone. But Bo-Katan helps him find it, and he goes in the water, says the creed, and that was only episode two. And there's so like I can only imagine what else is gonna happen uh, with with mm-hmm, with, the, mm-hmm. with the dark saber and taking back Mandalore. Anyone else from the and any other uh, remnants of the Empire who want to come in? How it ties in with Ahsoka? How it ties into possibly Grand Admiral Thrawn being the big bad to come back in the end? It's very very exciting. So we're only two episodes in, and tomorrow no this week's episode wednesday is going to be like an hour and 15 minutes so a mm-hmm. lot is about, is about to go down so that's really exciting for um yeah yeah and that's another thing about snowfall all of the episodes have been anywhere from 50 minutes to an hour and 10 yeah because uh, um, that's fx right yes, yeah man that- fx is like hbo in that way they, they give their shows like whatever they need to like they gave donald glover whatever he needed to to make atlanta and he got he, he got mm-hmm. to say Whatever he wanted to say on that show, because Always Sunny has been running for years. And they say some wild. FX is shielding them from the world. <laughs> I don't know how that show is even still in production. Um, episode one has a bunch of white dudes saying the N word. Are you serious? Like, just a bunch of. That's the first episode, not the hard R, right? Oh They're saying nigga, oh. but it's a whole. Epi- well, we had niggas hanging off the Raptors. Whoa. And so, like, like, Episode whoa, <laughs> exactly. Episode one, that's episode one, and that show is still. They're working on the new season right now. Like FX, yeah, FX will shield you from the world. I don't know how, um, but they'll they'll do it. I'll tell you what. That's hilarious. That is so. They're on season what? Thirteen, fourteen, fourteen, probably. Crazy. Um. But man, uh, yeah, I, I have no segue, but I'm proud of us, man. We're 30 minutes in, and we're like, we're kind of not not done, but like I I I, I want to talk about maybe talk two about more the, things, mm-hmm. mainly one more thing. Okay. If there's time, two more things. <coughs> Sorry, I had a little coffee waffy. Uh, coffee waffy. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so um, today is what March 13th which means yesterday was the Oscars, Oscar Sunday, the biggest night in Hollywood. Um, historically, uh, I said this on TikTok already. Um, follow us on TikTok at the Black Stubs and follow us on, on, on Instagram at the Black Stubs. I never, I never. And follow me on Twitter at the Crimson Fuck. <laughs> what? I realize how bad I am at the whole podcasting thing. Like we've been doing this since 2019. I never plug our social media at the end or at the beginning. Like I'm so Ever. bad at telling people. Our, our loyal viewership of five. <laughs> yeah, but I, I kind of like I it because you know they're sticking they're it out. 
That means they don't care. They're just like, yo, look, I'm just trying to listen to this shit, man. I don't got to follow your socials or be. I, no, you know what? I appreciate you. Give me some besitos. <laughs> Give me some besitos. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's like they don't care. And I like that. That's a solid five right there. Shout out to them. Yeah, man. Sh- mm-hmm. Shout out to my friend Jared because he, he listens to the pod and he always says that my friend Sam is funny. And Sam is funny. Sam doesn't give a fuck. He'll say exactly what he wants to say. Um, it's because I'm dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of dead inside, um, a lot of people on uh, black Twitter not happy about um, mm-hmm. Angela Bassett not winning for best supporting actress and losing mm-hmm. to Jamie Lee Curtis, um, who received it over, due to a legacy. Uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. A, a legacy win? Like some family like uh you what so yeah describe the situation to me because i i've missed all okay so i've missed so best supporting actress it it should have either gone to angela bassett for wakanda forever because if you take what she did in in wakanda forever an mcu comic film and switch it and say it's you know it was written by i don't know it's it, it it's adapted from a shakespearean play then she would have won but because it's because it's mm-hmm. because it's the MCU, not just a comic book film, because there have been awards won. You know, we, we have two Jokers who won Oscars. So, you know, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. the MCU in particular as to why, you know, she won't she, she wouldn't get it. But Stephanie Shu, Jobu Dupaki, what she does in that film as the daughter of of two immigrants who travels mm-hmm. through the multiverse to find a version of her mom who who loves her and accepts her. To, you you lose to Miss Deidre, the the woman who whose arc is um, I I I, yeah, I guess I'm I, I guess crazy. I'm not a uh, unlovable bitch after all. That's your arc. That's all. You, that's all. That's your entire arc. And you're not even. And I'm sorry. Just best. She had a- so little screen so little screen time. time. Best act where she was acting. Where she was like, acting. Like, <laughs> like she had a fight scene yeah. where she f- comically fell through a wall. But like let's like. Yeah, yeah, in terms of impact and what your character had to do in the film, it, sh- it should have went to like if 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 it was gonna go to an actress and from that film, it should have been Stephanie Shu, like one hundred percent. I absolutely I agree. So it was between those three. They all three of them were nominated. Yeah, for that and, and there were and like it, it was a lock for either Angela Bassett or Stephanie Shu. That's yeah, that's insane. because that's insane. the way award season works. Like the Golden Globes is not the only indicator; it's the entire award season. If Brendan Fraser sweeps every, every best male category this award season, he's probably going to win the Oscar, and he did. If Kihei Kwan wins, if he sweeps for best supporting actor at every throughout award season, and he does, he's probably going to get the Oscar, and he did. Um, Angela Bassett, she 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 won the Golden Globe, she won uh, SAG and People's Choice, Critics Choice. She 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 swept all award season, and when it came down to the Oscars, she didn't get it. That's wild. It's but, but the thing is that I it like okay. So just to confirm, Jamie Lou Curtis, she's the one who she won, won for best supporting actress. And this is gonna sound crazy. It's gonna make me sound like I hate Jamie Lou Curtis, and I don't <laughs> because Jamie Lou Curtis I, loves One Piece, and I can't hate anybody who likes. I One love Piece. Jamie Lou Curtis. You know what I'm she, saying? She, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. She is a nepo baby, and she wears it with pride. She's not. She she doesn't she doesn't hide where she where she. Where her, where her success comes from, like so, some some oh, who her I, I I don't know who they are, but she's she's one of the biggest 
nepo babies in Hollywood, and she knows it. Well, and, and she's not defensive about it. She she's aware that she has a leg up. But uh, but go ahead. Um, to your point. Okay. There for me, I think it should have gone to Stephanie. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love I love Angelie Bassett. She's great, but like what she did as Joe Buto, like the introduction scene. Yeah. Amazing. The scene where she's swapping through universes trying to find the body to jump like everything about her performance was like the moment she got introduced in that movie you're like oh shit like you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, then, and then the other level of it is that while she's doing the crazy joe butapaki shit she's still playing regular joy at the same time like yeah you know what i mean it's the range of it all that is it's like the range for me and then the scene in the parking lot at the end powerful stuff what how does that not win and this is why i don't understand that's these awards yeah. this is why i don't yeah. watch them because <laughs> uh, it's like by whose criteria yeah because yours is wrong i don't care if it's your opinion yours is wrong yeah. nigga. <laughs> if you think that jamie lee curtis was the best supporting actress even in her own fuck everything else in her own movie no absolutely you're wrong not. nigga <laughs> You're, you nigga, you're wrong. I'm sorry. I don't care. It's just my it's just I my opinion. I'm sorry. Your opinion's wrong. To make you feel better, and then I say I don't care right afterwards to let you know that I was lying. Okay, <laughs> I don't care. Your opinion sucks. Kick rocks. Barefoot. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, but that's but yeah, that, that's that's the, the that's the negatives for the Oscars. Um, because everything besides that, they got everything else correct. Um. Kihei Kwan, you know, short round from uh, Indiana Jones and Data from the Goonies. Uh, after those two roles, those two iconic roles as a child actor, he, he goes on for 30 years of nothing, of off-camera off work, off-screen work. He's, he's doing some assistant directing, some stunt coordinating, but he's not doing what he wants to do, which is act on camera. And mm-hmm. he gets this chance to come back 30 years later, these guys, the Daniels, this uh, directing duo who, who also did um, uh, Swiss Army Man. It's either on um, HBO Max or Netflix, I believe, or Hulu. It's on one of the streaming. Just Google it. It's there. Um, you know, they they remembered that kid and they, and they brought him back and now he has an Oscar. And then he's just, just his energy is infectious. His, his voice is the best. It's just, you know, he's this 40-year-old Vietnamese guy and his, his voice is kind of high, like not, not Elmo high. But it's just mm. a, a delightful character of a man, and I'm just happy mm. for him because he, you know he 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 deserves it. Um, he's not just an immigrant himself; he's a refugee. You know, he didn't he didn't right. volunteer to leave his home; he was forced out. There's a difference. Right. <laughs> um, so just love to Kiwi Kwan. Um, Brendan Fraser won for best um, a best actor. I saw the whale. Uh, he deserves it. Um, uh, and Brendan Fraser has his own story. You know, um, during uh, during the the Me Too Times Up uh, movement, um, I believe he also spoke up, but because he's a man, he was he definitely wasn't taken seriously. It actually got him uh, uh, blacklisted a little bit, like because he spoke. Oh, I yeah, didn't know about um, that. Which wow. is why. Um, but the thing is, he's been working, but a lot of what what he's been uh, what he's been doing hasn't been. Um, this hasn't been been seen by a lot of people. It hasn't been set, hasn't been yeah. center stage. Also, he's a real actor, um, you know, and not to throw shade at the MCU guys, but I'm totally going to throw shades at the MCU guys. Yeah, and not just them. It's, it's everyone in film. 
But like, you know, he's a real actor. And so guess what? In Doom Patrol, for every season that he's in, 90% of his screen time, he's wearing a fucking costume. You don't see his face. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with people's visibility of him. Because I know a lot of people who just didn't know that he was in... Uh, he was Cliff in Doom Patrol. Yeah. And they watched Doom Patrol. Because his you don't see his... You see his face in episode one. And I think the next time you see it is in the middle of season two. Like, the rest of the time, he's just the robot man. Yeah. But his performance as the robot man is amazing. It's incredible. I... I... I think he should have gotten awards for that. Yeah. I think a lot of the Doom Patrol class cast should have gotten rewards for their performance because they fucking nailed it. Um, but yeah, no, I like that guy. He's cool. Yeah. I, I only know, I've only seen, I haven't seen The Mummy. Um, have you seen uh, George the Jungle? No. Uh, yeah, man. So, you know, if you're a millennial, Brandon Fraser is that guy from from you know from the from the late nineties and early early yeah everybody early, loved him everybody loved him in the early two thousands and it's just great to see him come back in this way and win big um you know he deserves it um and it's just it's it's just it was a beautiful night the ball kept rolling you know Michelle Yeoh her career spans thirty years and I remember when we talked about Shang Chi on the pod and. I was talking about the difference between Simu Liu versus Jackie Chan, Jet Li, and Donnie Yen. Simu Liu is not a martial artist. He's an actor. He had to learn yep. this stuff for the movie. Whereas those three men I just I just named, they're martial artists who made it to the big screen. They right. did that first, and then and then and then started acting on camera with with, with their martial arts skills. Michelle Yeoh, I didn't know this. She's just like Simu Liu. She's an actor first. She has no formal mm-hmm. training in martial arts, but yet her claim to fame is like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and all these other martial arts films. She is yep. incredible. Like, no no formal training, but your claim to fame is still martial arts films. That that says something. And yep. you know now she's this sixty year old, you know Chinese Malaysian woman, and you know. I love I love her speech talking about ladies don't tell don't let anyone tell you you're past your prime because she's in her 60s now and she just got this role where she gets she right. she she after 30 years of acting and 30 years of you know working in, in in Hollywood she's number one in the call sheet she's the lead character and she's playing a real person she's not playing the monarch um um the regal leader the calm cool collected tranquil um um elderly figure She's playing a tired, mm-hmm. hardworking mom, you know, an, an immigrant mom who's who's sweating who, um, over over a pot of food and is is running. You know, she, she's a blue collar worker. You know, she's a real person. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh yeah. is a real person. She got to be funny. She got to be ironic and sarcastic and she got to be vulnerable and she got to let loose. And she got to be in. She got to be an asshole. She got to be and an that's asshole. That's a thing that a lot of. <laughs> Movies are afraid to show their characters being assholes. Yeah, she she got to and, be a real fucking person, and she won the Oscar yeah. finally. And she's the second next to Halle Berry. She's the second woman of color in ninety five years to win. Mm. Isn't that crazy? That's that, that's crazy. No, it's completely believable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's not a single Sick. part of my cynical mind that finds that hard to yeah, believe. I know. It, sucks, it sucks, but. It's very. It's uh, not. It's not. It's still happening. It's still happening. Miss Stephanie should have gotten that award. It's happening right in front of us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't be. 
that can't be subscribed or even the the younger generation of actors and actresses are still getting snubbed obviously and you know what i mean is the the little mermaid and tinkerbell are both black now and people are trying to are turning to science to explain why it can't be (laughs) oh right yes did your science account for a talking half human half fish living on like shut the fuck up yeah this is you know under those conditions that wouldn't happen yeah just like under those conditions there wouldn't be a fucking mermaid in the first place it doesn't matter it just it whenever and this is what i always tell people don't engage when you see that shit do not give that person the time of day to try and correct them because that's teaching them that it's an arguable stance if someone wakes up every morning and says the sky is fucking red and you sit there like a dumbass and try to argue with him that the sky isn't red, he's going to go home thinking, hmm, that guy tried to convince me, but I was too smart for him. The sky is definitely red. Meanwhile, you'll be pulling your hair out because you're like, how can this dumb fuck think the sky is red? It's clearly blue. Everyone thinks it's blue. But it's like the, uh, those people who say that shit are just their intentions are obvious. The moment you engage with them, you're giving them what they want. Ignore them. They're a very vocal minority. Most people don't give a fuck. They're the loudest in the room for that reason. That's the only way they can get people to pay attention to them is by being loud. Ignore them. They go away. They go, they go away. away. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, they go They go away. And, uh, you know, the haters who want to talk about, you know, everything, ever all at once saying is it's overrated and just overstimulating and whatnot. It's, 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 yeah. it's not, it's, it's a masterful film, masterful, masterful film. Uh, the Daniels won best director. Excuse they me. gave, they gave a great speech. And then uh, the big prize in the end, best, best picture, um, everything ever all at once won, uh, because mm-hmm. it's a movie about a family trying to stay together. You know, uh, Kiwi Kwan's character is seeking a divorce and, and joy doesn't get along with her mom. Like, the, like everyone is, pushing away from each other uh and you know we have to travel through the multiverse just to just to make it back to each other which is just beautiful and so in that way it's a story about a film (laughs) it's a story about a film i'm tired um it's a story uh, it's a story it's a lot i like it because it feels like a real movie you could go see Uh, uh, it's like poetry uh, i'm in a movie (laughs) um uh dang what was i saying um I'm tired. Yeah, it's it's a movie about a family tra- trying to stay together, and wrapped around it is this really fresh and innovative sci-fi film. So, yeah, it's it was my. I, I'm so happy that out of eleven nominations, it won seven. Um, it, it was mm-hmm. my favorite film of last year, and it, it deserves everything. And uh, I'm really proud of us, man. It's under fifty minutes, and that's all I really wanted to say for the Oscar recap. Uh, yeah, me too. You want to talk about yeah, you want to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh? Or you want to get out of here? <laughs> uh, I can talk about Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't. I don't have much to say. It's a, it's a very entertaining children's card game. That, that um, the anime takes to extreme lengths, <laughs> extreme levels. I love that shit. I love, I love the idea that a nigga woke up one day. Imagine, imagine, because this is what Battle City was. You live in Washington D.C. and a, not even the not the mayor. You know, not your, your, not, no, a company owner hijacks every TV <laughs> visual board panel 
in DC and goes, yo, starting today, we're having a citywide battle tournament in Yu-Gi-Oh. Everyone you see walking with one of these fancy dual discs is a duelist. Duel them still. <laughs> and, the, um, and the world actually follows along with him. Yes. Can you imagine walking DC? You just see a bunch of people just dueling everywhere. People stealing cards and shit. You know, like Yu-Gi-Oh is so fucking ridiculous. And Kaiba, I think, is the the biggest example of it. Kaiba really hijacked the city and was just like, "Yeah, this is gonna be the battle city. I'm gonna have duelists coming in from all over the world. Like, why? Can't you just have a regular tournament? You know, like, like Pegasus? Can't you?" Like, uh, Pegasus is even worse. I bought a private island to which I'm inviting duelists from around the world to come and get lost and play a children's card game where their lives were on the line. Like, their souls will be lost to the Shadow Realm if they lose. Um, the what realm? Nothing. Forget it. Don't worry about that. Like, also, like, let's not forget Duelist Kingdom had just straight up environmental hazards like they were stuck in caves they were climbing mountains you know they were lost in the woods like for a children's card game unbelievable i love it it's great and then we get to gx and you have a school on another private (laughs) island dedicated to child another dedicated to the children's card game Imagine your entire your middle school and high school years just being you learning about what attack position monsters can destroy certain effects. Like, and then these niggas were never in school, but that's besides the point. Anyway, um, hilarious. Yeah, no, Yu-Gi-Oh's fun. Gotta love the children's card game. So, so um, yeah, just briefly during the first era, the first series, uh, whose cards did you have? Because I had, I had like you've seen it. I had, um, I had. Uh, Pegasus deck. I had I had relinquished and Toon World. Did you have any mm-hmm. cards from that? My first Iron Never. I will never forget it. I was in Dallas, Texas, as a kid, visiting my mom's friend with my mom, and we went to a shop, a really dingy looking shop that doesn't really exist anymore unless you go to the real seedy parts of the city. Um, went inside the shop. They're they're looking at clothes and shit, and I saw behind the counter, they had exactly two decks left. They had the Joey deck and the Kaiba deck. And I remember looking at them. They're the last two copies there. And I was like, I need to get that Blue Eyes White Dragon. And so I picked the Kaiba deck. Um, and that was my first uh, that was my first uh, Yu-Gi-Oh deck ever. So I was I was Team Kaiba. Uh, yeah, Kaiba. I, as a kid, Kaiba was my favorite. Oh, um, man. Did, I, did you have uh, Blue Eyes Ultimate? No, no. I never... Um, once I, I like, I would buy the starter deck, and then I'd keep all the cards I like, and then I'd replace all the other cards with the cards I got from booster packs. Um, when I was a kid, my mom had a deal with me where if I like did my chores, which is now I'm looking back, like the I was getting scammed. Like if my I did my chores and everything like that, and I was good, and I uh, my teachers were telling me good things, my mom would get me a one booster pack every two weeks. Um, which I really just is because we were poor, but like, you know, uh, I'll get one little $2 booster pack every two weeks. And that is what I would use to fluff up or edit and change in my deck. Um, but yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh was fun. I remember, yo, in fifth grade, you know, uh, remember when it rained outside and we'd be like indoor, this one chick, she, um, we were in like fifth grade. Her parents worked for her parents owned a 7-Eleven franchise, right? Mm-hmm. 
So she had like the fattest stack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. It was so like cuz back then you can get Yu-Gi-Oh cards at 7-Eleven. And so her parents were obviously, you know, she was just getting a little pack here and there. She had this big fat stack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Like it was huge, probably like 400 cards, right? It was not tournament legal. Mm-hmm. And I remember she left her cards on her desk and went to the bathroom. And me and Aja just palmed half of that shit. <laughs> and split it between us um, because we were assholes. Just horrible children. Horrible, horrible children. And she never noticed. She got back. That's how I knew she didn't give a fuck. She got back and we played. And I remember using her cards against her and she still didn't. She didn't notice. So she was funny. just so just. Kids are dumb, man. Good times. Good times, man. You know what my my favorite monster was? Who? It was the serpent, the night serpent, night dragon, or something. Sounds familiar. It was the first the first booster pack I ever got. It had a holographic snake dragon thing in it, and that 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 card was my shit. The card was my shit. Nice. I have a copy of it in my wallet. It's pretty cool. Nice. But yeah, that's all all I really have to say about for uh, children's card games. It's fun. Yeah. Um. I was uh, I was quite keen on GX. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know what it was. I think it was, it was the eyes on Cyrus's Roy's cards that made them so lively and fun. They weren't, they weren't mm-hmm. tunes, but they felt like tunes. That makes sense. So I could see the connection. Yeah. So I gravitated towards that. So I, so, uh, my brother and I, we, we ordered off, we got, we got our cards from Toy Wiz back in the day. I, 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 I okay. got my Dragon Ball Z toys from Toy Wiz and Yu-Gi-Oh cards from Toy Wiz. So I got Cyrus's deck, and he got Jaden's deck, and then eventually I got Zane's deck. So I, I kind of I eventually merged. I, I, my my main deck is the machine deck from from Yu-Gi-Oh. So it's Cyrus's Roy's and Zane's Cyber Dragons, and mm-hmm. Matt had the the, the uh, Elemental Hero and the Neo Spatians and all that stuff. Um, yeah, that was the Elemental Hero kit. Yeah. Elemental Heroes were tight. Yeah, their their fusions were really cool. They had really cool fusions. Um, yep. And uh, and yeah, my, my my main man Sam blessed me the other day. He gave me uh, the uh, Crystal Beast deck, which is really cool. I'm still, um, I I'm, I'm still reading the spells and traps. That's why I need I need to learn I need to know what the spells and traps do, so I know when to activate them, when to use them, and so I can yeah. strategize more. But long story short, the Crystal Beast deck, all it really does is keep Crystal Beast in and out of my spell and trap card zone, and in in and out of my graveyard. It just keeps them in a cycle of Oh, put two in there. I'll oh, take two, two out. You know this. It, 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 the goal is to summon them and to get them on the field, so you can summon bigger monsters. And yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool. I just got I gotta learn how to how to use it, and uh, I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be good. I'll be cooking with oil. Yeah, we'll see what happens when um. Yeah, I'm putting together that Dark World deck. I don't plan on using okay. it. Uh, I just got that so you, I could duel. I had something to duel yeah. with. But um, it's a good deck. I'm gonna be, it's yeah, it's pretty good. But I'm gonna, I'd much rather make my vampires again. Oh uh, yeah, um, your preference. Yeah, sick. I like my vampires. Have sex. Uh, yeah, I love it. I love, <laughs> I love a little suck. You know what I mean? Yikes. But um, yikes. <laughs> Yuck. But uh, yeah, you know. So once the vampires uh, roll in, um, I think by the time I my vampires get here, you should be pretty familiar with your crystal beasts that you'll you'll be formidable yeah you'll be formidable yeah and if i'm not formidable i'll 
I will turn to my older deck that I'm more comfortable with. But yes, I, I do want to get comfortable with the Crystal Reef deck because they're cool cards. They're in sleeves. They're going to stay in sleeves, save it condition, and just... Help me, Jesse. Huh? Huh? What What, what you say? Uh, nothing. I, I, I just... Uh, <laughs> I burped. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, on that note, let's get out of here. I'm proud of us. We kept it under an hour. Uh, let's t- look, at the, look at my notes real quick. Quantumania, talked about that. Create 3, talked about that. Talked a little bit about TV, which is cool. We squeezed in some TV, which is nice. Talked about the Oscars and Yu-Gi-Oh. I talked about everything I wanted to do. What a nice recap episode. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, yeah perfect. Everything worked out the way it was supposed to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. By the way, that game's coming out. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake okay. with The Merchant. Okay. Uh, the demo's out Red. right now. I haven't played it yet, but Red. Uh, everybody loves The Merchant. Red Dead Redemption 2. Woody. No, Resident Evil okay. 4. I, so yeah. that's another game that's also coming out soon, right? I don't play games. That game has been out for like five years, bro. Okay. Um, yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>